Welcome to Ubuntu Vista, episode 116. I'm Andrew, and I'm currently um, in a car roaring along a Mad Max-style dystopian outback desert. Frankly, it's dusty. It's messing up my sinuses. Um, I'm hunting around for, for people to make slaves out of, and I will extract things from their tear glands that I can then distill down into a little bottle and use it as a kind of saline spray to help out with my nose here, because I'm not enjoying it. Sitting next to me in the uh, passenger seat, fiddling with the radio, which does not work and has not worked for decades, it's Ben. Hi, Ben. Well, I mean, if, you know, we're moving around and if I try all the different bands... Maybe we'll get something. Maybe we get some AM. Maybe uh, this will be the day <laughs> that we'll get something. Wait, AM's a shorter range, I think, isn't it, Theo? No, AM's a longer range. Oh, no, all right. So, we're looking for AM then. So, we're yeah, looking yeah, you for... Want AM. In, yeah. the, in the kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian future, you really want uh, that shortwave radio. It kind of bounces off the troposphere. Um, it gets uh, absorbed less by uh, particulate matter. That's really what you're after. And I think, I know I haven't been introduced yet, but hey, uh, I think I'm really bringing that to the table in this scenario. That's uh, why we keep you chained up in the back with the gimp mask on. <laughs> you know what? All of the things you just said, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Mm. I also know smart stuff and like I knew about the troposphere as well. So, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't like to um, throw it in people's faces though. Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad you had a chance to showboat, but I also... <laughs> Particulates and stuff. So, I, I'm honestly just happy to be here, uh, chained up. Uh, one, just one request. Uh, I know you guys were very hungry. Um, that's fine. My left leg was probably my least used leg. Hmm. Just saying that leaves me with just one leg to move mm-hmm. on. And if you take that one, it's going to be more difficult for you guys to transport me uh, from our base dug into the mountains mm-hmm. uh, into the car and around when we go raiding for me to you know give you advice and that sort of thing um, I, at the moment I can still hop from place to place I can get in and out of the car I, you know if you want to stop chaining me up that'd be great as well um, but I'm just saying that if you want to eat something uh, maybe not my arms or legs or any of the rest of my body hmm. kind of well, probably I wasn't saturated planning. as far as being eaten at the moment. I probably wasn't going to take you out of the cage. I mean, now that you're in the cage, the cage is where you live. Also, all of that appeal had the very same energy to me as that Max Laverne tweet that, hey guys, first day in jail, gotta ask, where is the exit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yes, uh, the troposphere. I mm. believe that's what they call the area surrounding and containing the city of Brisbane. Mm. And also, th- I think the scenario <laughs> you j- you just described is uh, 2020? Mm-hmm. Yes. 2020 Queensland. The far future of 2020, yeah. The far future. Hmm. Uh, how's it going up there, fellas? How's it looking? How's it smelling? It's not great, I've got to tell you. I've got to tell you, I'm smelling burnt toast. Uh-oh. <laughs> Might be not connected to the conditions. No, it's uh, so every single thing around Brisbane, but not Brisbane, has been on fire uh, for a week now. So we've got a lovely haze. Theo, did you happen to see the moon last night? I, I did not. Oh, so it was a beautiful, maybe just past a full moon, but um, a striking- even more than full. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly how it works. It was one full sphere, and then just a little tiny sliver of an extra one to the right of it. We had a 105% moon. Uh, it was a striking orange-reddish color, uh, mm-hmm. because we're black- blanketed in a thick smoke. Hmm. Would you describe it as a blood moon? Um, no. Okay, was it more of, a, more of a piss moon? <laughs> what color is your piss? <laughs> Uh, Dehydrated depends, piss move. Yeah, depends how much Gatorade I've been drinking. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> Actually, um, does anybody else drink Barocca on a regular basis? No. No. Don't, uh, get a lot of vitamins that way, but it also makes your piss absolutely radioactive looking. Makes it look like Mountain Dew. Mm. I don't want that. I don't want tasty looking piss. <laughs> <laughs> you Mountain Dew, the tastiest looking radioactive drink. It's just overcoming. You'd never you know, meant to m- see Mountain Dew outside of a 
Like, you're never meant to see it in a cup. Because it's a coloured plastic bottle, right? To disguise- I, wonder, I wonder if they made it the colour that it is on purpose, but then on reflection, they were like, actually, this is kind of terrifying. This sucks. Let's put it in a green bottle. Yeah. Just so that someone looks at it and they're like, oh, it's a green bottle with a soft drink inside. And then you put it in a clear glass and then you're like, hey, what the fuck? You're like, what oh, the there, fuck? Is, there is nothing in nature that is that colour that is not also... <laughs> Distinctly signifying itself as a terrifying predator. Yeah, it's just poisonous Amazonian frogs and nothing else. <laughs> Warning you not to lick them. What, what is but Mountain Dew? What flavour is Mountain Dew? Uh, Describe it I in like... Isn't it meant to be like a lime flavoured? Is, is that I what don't that think is? so. Yeah, well, well n- number one, I would say it's meant to taste like the, the dew from the mountaintop. True. Clearly. No. Nectar of the gods. Uh, a mountain's uh, dew. Yep. <laughs> correct. That, this is what Prometheus brought um, down, I believe. Let me see. I, I I can't even begin to to kind of figure out what it might actually be intended it's, to be. It's implacable, isn't it? Yeah, because, I mean, like, you could absolutely tell me, oh, it's meant to be like a, a lemon-lime type thing or whatever. And I wouldn't believe you. I would just say no. No. It is, it is a radioactive piss. Mm-hmm. Godzilla's, Godzilla's piss is the flavour of Mountain Dew. Drainings from the uh, Snowton uh, murder barrels, I think. Hmm. But fizzy uh, and refreshing. Yeah. No, uh, I, 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 citrus flavoured and caffeinated in most markets. Caffeinated. What? Yeah, baby. This oh. is the thing about the states that I think a lot of Australians don't understand is that, like, because in in Australia the things that are caffeinated are colas and like energy drinks. Yeah, your brown juices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what what a lot of people don't know, I think, is that like a lot of just regular soft drinks in the states are caffeinated, like Mountain Dew and like Sprite and shit. Jeez, Sprite is caffeinated. Sprite is caffeinated? What? Well, no. maybe I'm wrong. No. 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 Oh, it's caffeine-free. Caffeine-free. Okay. Um, but there's... Uh, well, but Mountain Dew's caffeinated. Oh, I knew that. That's ex- very fucked up. It's not even brown. It's not even brown. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Fires. Hmm. It, speaking of fucked up... Um, yeah, no, things are, uh, have not been great here, I think, over the last week or so. There was, there's been several days where it's been um, extremely hazy and um, sort of just like walking through the city, breathing in the smoke and going, oh, you know, I'm no uh, climatologist, man, but perhaps something's wrong here. And then, like, you know, I get home that day after, uh, you know, breathing in smoke all day and uh, feeling really great about the world. And I look look it up and um, it turns out um, Binnaburra Lodge, which is uh, a historic kind of like rainforest lodge where Caitlin and I had, you know, been, we went there for like a night or two last last week. But it's this old lodge. It's been there for, uh, for very, very long uh, and it had burnt down. So as I'm kind of like walking through the city, I'm literally breathing in the smoke of my dead memories, which I think is really cool. I think that's a fun thing to think about and, and do uh, and experience. Go, well, that thing, that time that we spent, uh, that's now literally up in smoke. Huh. Turned to ash. Hmm. And it's not. it's not just there, you know, I think... Um, you know, th- throughout like um, Stanthorpe and um, what was the place near Stanthorpe that got really hard hit, Ben? Um, it starts with a T. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, that Apologize, that whole area kind of went up, but there was ba- from Ballandine, which is right on the border, up to Applethorpe, up to Stanthorpe, out around there, which is uh, where Mum lives, which is mm-hmm. great because I. Oh, sorry, Tenterfield is where you think Tenterfield, of Tenterfield? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Tenterfield, which is down in New South Wales. Yeah, so I called my mum on the night that the fires kind of started because the, I don't know, in the early afternoon, 
there are, I saw a couple of uh, fire service tweets go up being like, hey, these places have been put uh, on notice that they might have to leave. And then in the you know 20 minutes that it took me to call my mum, uh, Stanthorpe had been upgraded to evacuate now and she and her partner had already had to leave their property because it was currently on fire, uh, which is pretty fucking terrifying. But luckily for them... The whole back half of their property went up, but it didn't cross. They've got two dams behind where the house is and didn't get into the house, but all their fences burnt down, all the trees in the backyard are gone. They uh, basically just have to spend an entire night sitting awake using the two pumps for each dam powered by a generator to put out spot fires so they could stop any embers that came across and ignited anything near their house, which is probably a pretty fucking terrifying experience. Uh, and yeah those fires are fucking everywhere at the moment like all throughout Queensland like the total fire ban areas in Queensland on the 12th last week were the entire North Queensland fire region Uh, then Ipswich, Somerset, the Lockyer Valley, the Scenic Rim, Logan, the Gold Coast, Brisbane, the Moreton Bay area, Redland Bay area, Central Highlands, Warrabinda, Gladstone, Livingston, Rockhampton, Bundaberg, North Burnett, Cherbourg, South Burnett, Fraser Coast, Gippie, Sunshine Coast, Noosa, like, everywhere. Every single place in this state was on fire. Uh, and all of summer is going to be like this. It and is hot. It is dry. We're getting strong uh, westerlies and northerlies. The fire season has started earlier. They had a shorter time uh, to do controlled burns because we didn't get much rain over winter. Rainforests are on fucking fire because they haven't had any rainfall either. So, like, Binnaburra, which is around Beachmont, that's in the Gold Coast hinterland. That's all rainforest. And that went up like a fucking tinderbox because it's been so fucking dry. And just to check, we are in summer right now, correct? I'm not... I don't have a great perception of time. I think it might actually be the early days of spring. Ooh. Like the tail end of winter. Yes. Yeah, that's then certainly it comes true. comes out to spring. Yep. And then, it- so this is going to go until probably about February or March next year. Uh, so that's cool. And also, the Queensland Fire Service was under-resourced to deal with the fires last year, and it already looks like we're in for a worse fire season this year. So that's that's even cooler. <sighs> that sounds like a bad time, actually. Mm. A uh, recipe to, for to disaster. criticise your uh, conclusions there. Uh, so a friend of mine, uh, who's he works as an area manager for the National Park Service here, who's basically... 90% of their job is fire management and they're just his assessment is they're kind of fucked uh, they just they they have less and less time to do the controlled burns that they need to do to keep stuff in position and because things are so fucked they also face a lot of public criticism anytime they have to do controlled burns because they've really got to do gambles on which times they can actually do them because they're necessary but because things are so fucked right now, people see fires, uh, the park service gets a lot of criticism. It's uh, getting very, very hard for them to do their job. They're not really getting the extra funding that they need. Uh, it's, uh, it sounds pretty shithouse. Hmm. All the weird pyromaniacs out there are like, oh, so they can start fires, but <laughs> yeah. I can't start a fire. Oh, it's, I mean, the uh, it was the Perigian fires... I believe, uh, that were started by a bunch of kids, uh, which is fun because the rest of the state was already on fire from, I think, just sort of natural bushfires. And then, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Hmm. Some screenshots of some uh, text messenger conversations floating around in those news stories of people being like, fuck you, cunt. I didn't start the fires, cunt. And someone else be like, I know you did, cunt. Fuck you. It's very Queensland. (laughs) Extremely (laughs) Queensland. That's, I mean, that is very much like, that's, I, I might actually find these because they, uh, uh, get fucked again. I didn't do shit. They are amazing. Oh my goodness. Well, fortunately, we're being led by, um, you know, some smart people in charge. Very smart people. Real brains trust we got going on, mm-hmm. you know? We're, we're very proud of our government. Yeah. What sort of um what sort of reassuring things are we getting in the wake of this kind of news, Theo? Hey Andrew, check this out. Uh did you know mm-hmm. uh that the Pacific Islands are actually fine uh because coral atolls float? 
That's, Did you know that? Uh, well, uh, you know me. I love science. Mm-hmm. Yep. Real, real amateur science guy. Got yep. my beakers, my Bunsen burners, mm-hmm. um, my lab coat. I'm holding them up. I'm swirling things around. Mm. And I love science and I love facts. So, that's great news to me. Mm. And I'm so, so glad to be freed of the kind of uh, lefty thought bubble. And get a dose of reality from uh, MP Craig Kelly, who we've talked about on the show before, I think is one of uh, the most credulous shitheads on mm-hmm. the face of the planet, let alone in our uh, government. Uh, and he's told a monarchist dinner um, that the uh, Commonwealth nation of Tuvalu is floating, not sinking, in comments that could reignite uh, tensions with Australia's Pacific neighbours just weeks after a major diplomatic incident. So you know how islands... Um, you know, you picture an island, right? Sort of mm. like a little little bit of land jutting out of the jutting out of the ocean, but we don't really know what's underneath. I think, uh, from a scientific standpoint, I think that's actually explored in the documentary film "What Lies Beneath." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check that out. Um, but but no, um, I think and. Correct me if I've got the wrong impression here that Craig Kelly actually believes that an island is like something that's not directly attached to the Earth Earth's crust. What? So he's thinking coral atolls. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bunch of coral that's become stuck together, mm-hmm. and it's just floating on the surface. Yeah. That's his belief. That's that's his belief. So I think let's check it out. Um, so he's accused the ABC of covering up crucial information about climate change to suit its green left agenda. Um, so this is after a um, a major diplomatic incident in which um, the Deputy Prime Minister Michael McCormick said Pacific Islanders would survive climate change because they pick our fruit. Um, which, yep. Uh, and then um, Fiji's Prime Minister said the prime, um, our Prime Minister Scott Morrison had been very insulting and condescending during the leader's retreat, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, but Mr. Kelly repeated his claim that Tuvalu is actually increasing its in size rather than sinking due to rising sea levels. Um, we'll come back to that, but it's a coral atoll. Even though you've had a slight sea level rise, a coral atoll actually floats on the ocean. And yet we're not told that by the ABC. <laughs> That's it true. Floats. I've never been told that by the ABC. Mm-hmm. You know what I have been told about floating atolls by? The movie Waterworld. Hmm. That's true. In um, the film Waterworld. In the film Waterworld, famously yes. depicting a world... Of water. Covered in, covered oh, yeah. How, water. Did, how did they get there again? <laughs> Waterworld. Oh, would you believe it? <laughs> Uh, although I have to say in Waterworld it's not a coral at all I believe it's constructed of some uh, very Mad Max rusty metal so it sheet, could it sheet could metal work and different nets and jumps for jet skis uh, to do and cool stuff that would make a good theme park ride mm-hmm. or it's, well not really a ride more of an entertainment experience hmm. I don't think I've seen Waterworld really? I've seen the bit where he drinks his piss well that's kind of the best bit of the movie okay uh, I don't know if this is uh, a Entirely true, but it's probably close to the truth. I believe that the Waterworld, like, is it at Movie World, the the Waterworld show? Yeah, at the I, one of those. It might. I think it's like the longest continuously running one they've ever done, and it's for a movie that like no one has seen or remembered. But also, no. I'm pretty sure they have like a Waterworld one and a Police Academy one. There is a Police Academy one. Uh, Isn't there a Lethal Weapon one as well? Well, there's a Lethal Weapon Ride. Uh, which was my favourite roller coaster at Movie World. Um, after the Scooby Doo Spooky Coaster, which was a wonderful time as well. Very underrated. Spooky coaster. It's, it's cool. I don't know if it was called the Spooky Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> but to, but anyway. to get on the Spooky Coaster, you have to line up and watch a bunch of promotional materials for the movie Scooby Doo, which came out like 40 years ago. Okay. Uh, was it for the sequel that had Rowan Atkins in it or the first oh, movie? I can't even remember. Uh, side note, uh, Outcast wrote an original song for the soundtrack of one of those movies <laughs> called The Land of a Million Drums, and it fucking whips. That song is a dead set banger. Uh, I'm learning so much about culture today. <laughs> seek that out. Hmm? The Land of a Million Drums, Outcast, and I challenge you not to have a good time. Uh, 
Speaking of Craig Kelly, <laughs> the massive fuck up machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so so he's he's had this one of saying, actually, your island is floating, so you don't need to worry. Um, but he's he's had a long history of just massive fuck up, some of which we've discussed on the show. I don't think, however, that we've ever discussed the one from 2014 where um, he gave a speech um, at a Croatian community event. Um, and he gave this speech on the 10th of April. Or, in fact, he gave his, his speech um, conveying Prime Minister Tony Abbott's best wishes at a community event in Sydney commemorating April 10th or the foundation date of a pro-Nazi Croatian government in the 1940s. Um, And he did this uh, standing in front of like a big, um, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, but like a big Ustashi flag, um, Mm. which was, uh, yeah, for a uh, fascist pro-Nazi government in World War II. Um, So he's extremely good at basically just... Uh, rolling up and saying the absolute dumbest thing possible that you could say in any place or at any time. Mm. But it's actually, um, we're actually the fools here, Andrew, because uh, the ABC, and this is the ABC that won't tell you uh, what Craig Kelly wants you to know, uh, but the ABC fact-checking unit uh, with the RMIT has previously examined Mr. Kelly's claims about Tuvalu and found them to be accurate. Now... I want to kind of just uh, define what's happening here. Is this one of these great ones where they go, well, technically, in this particular semantic interpretation? No. So, they're, they're examining the claim that Tuvalu is getting bigger. And it has by 72 hectares, I think. So, what happens is the sea, as sea kind of moves around. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. But just before we move on from that, uh-huh. Liberal MP Craig Kelly, this is from... Uh, this is from 2018. Liberal MP Craig Kelly has offered a, quote, unreserved apology to the families of MH17 victims for <laughs> suggesting that the world overlook the atrocity. Uh, a day after the fourth anniversary of the massacre, Mr. Kelly said Russian involvement should be, quote, slightly looked over in order to improve world relations. <sighs> Wonderful. What a brain genius. Just a really... Clever guy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Tuvalu is getting bigger uh, as sort of soil is pushed around. Um, you know, shut the fuck up, crow. Holy shit. Um, you know, things. It's what you get for getting a pet crow. Oh I told you not God. to get a pet crow. I don't think All it's a pet. It's more of a familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, so so what he has interpreted this as in his tiny lizard brain is that. Uh, that they actually float, right? And I think this, like, describes one of the dumbest angles from, like, conservatives that they can only picture the effects of climate change um, in, like, terms of sea level rise. So all they can kind of do is look at a map and kind of go, well, you know, or they'll look at a photo and in the distance there'll be water and they'll go, like, look, the water hasn't overtaken this house yet and therefore, you know, it's everything's fine. And we saw, like, um, Ted Cruz try and go in on Beto O'Rourke uh, recently for saying, like, El Paso is going to go to shit. Um, and he said, you know, guess what? El Paso is landlocked, so basically it's it's fine despite the fact that, you know, the, the article that he was... or, or the, the uh, news thing that he was actually quoting the Chiron, you know, is talking about extreme heat effects and all this sort of stuff. So Yeah, it'll be 55 degrees all year round. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine, but it's still above water, right? Which is the only way because because we've been talking about things in terms of sea rise, that's the only thing that they can that they can grasp as being difficult, right? And um, and I think it's also how you wind up with conservatives um trying to to do the the absolutely ridiculous twisting around of things to say like oh yeah but um all these people will have their their value increase in property when the water rises and their house is closer to the beach because what people will want so picturing a world where in, in the conservative mindset where the sea level rise is you know meters and meters um 
they that overtakes all of the existing coastal houses. There's now a new coast, and what people are really going to want to do is buy those houses on the on the new coast, uh, where water is continually rising and has overtaken the previous ones. Like, oh yeah, and then you're going to be like, oh sweet, I want I want one of the good spots. Yeah, it's I want that's exactly good one like now. when you uh, start a long term relationship with someone who was cheating with someone else when they started dating you. And you go, ah, they got all the cheating out of their system. And now it is done and I am safe forever. <laughs> That's it's my favourite is people people who start a now. Yeah. People who start a relationship with a person um who was cheating on their partner with them. Then that's how they got together in the <laughs> oh, first place. Oh, yeah, and it's like, ah, he, yeah, he finally left his husband for <laughs> And now to get married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, do I have personal experience with that! Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, Theo me, will but... cheat on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I may actually be physically incapable of, of <laughs> cheating, and I mean that in the uh, most literal sense. Oh no! I think my entire body would crumple with the stress <laughs> of, the, of the idea. You'd just be doing like the Tina groans, <laughs> just backing <laughs> out of the room. Uh, wife, wife of the show, the my wife and I have discussed this previously, and we've both agreed. <laughs> like, nope, there's no, no chance of that ever, ever, ever occurring. <laughs> so good, good trust. You just start <laughs> nervously shaking so much you phase between the atoms of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, anyway, so uh, basically, we're all idiots for for getting this uh, hopelessly wrong. Um, the same research paper cited by Mr. Kelly uh, also declares climate change is one of the single greatest environmental threats to the livelihood and well-being of the peoples of the Pacific. Yeah, it's cool how they just kind of just skirt around those yeah. bits. And this reminds me a lot of um, what um, H. Bomberman. Uh, was going on. He he did he did a wonderful climate video. If you if you haven't seen it, uh, do that. But they, he goes through all of the right wing grifters. He's talking about um, Stephen Crowder and their new site. And the one time that they brought up, um, you know, the Greenland um, glacier and the reduction in volume and all that sort of stuff is when there was an uptick, right? But when you go and look at it, it's a seasonal uptick because what happens is. There's different temperatures through the years. Some of the glacier refreezes over winter, and then more of it melts away in summer. Right? But he's just zoomed in on the little uptick on the line and gone. You know, this is what NASA won't tell you about, even though this is actually this data is actually sourced from from NASA. So, uh, without ever trying to approach the larger context, and that's and, cool. and why would you? And, and why would you? I mean, he's got the same kind of shit with, um, you know, trying to dunk on Prince Harry and Meghan, Meghan Markle, um, where, you know, Prince Harry's saying a lot about uh, climate change. Apparently, I blank out um, whenever royals are mentioned. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, but get this, he flies everywhere. So, he's basically a huge hypocrite. Um, and he said... Uh, Mate, get on a plane and fly where you want and don't apologize about it. So which which one of the things do you want to happen? I don't understand. That's right. You're, you're saying uh, that things are bad, but you're also doing the things in society that are easiest for us to get from place to place because we don't have a better option. So hmm. more fool you. This, of course, is all very similar to people like losing their minds about... Um Greta, Greta, Greta yeah. Thunberg uh, taking, a, taking a boat. And they're yeah. like, oh, not everybody can afford to buy their own yacht. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> and it's like, even though she is doing the literal thing that they want for her not to be a hypocrite, they will still twist themselves into pretzels to, you know, criticize her for it. Uh, because this is the world where we live, where the easy option is also the option that will destroy the planet and our ability to live on it. Well, yep. in their defense, uh, pretzels are delicious. That's so that's, true. That's true. Eating my delicious logic pretzels. Hmm. Can I just backtrack on something very briefly? And I yes. promise this will be very brief. Are you going to... Do you remember the part in the podcast earlier where I mentioned the song Land of a Million Drums by the band Outcast? Mm-hmm. What what did you learn and have to revise in your own brain? 
Uh, well, what I learned in making sure that I hadn't been wrong about it being an original song for the score of the first live-action Scooby-Doo film, uh, which it was, and I probably should have had more confidence in that because mm-hmm. most of the lyrics are about Scooby-Doo, uh, <laughs> is that it's not just by Outcast; it's by Outcast and Killer Mike. Oh. oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so I thought, Theo, that might appeal to you especially. That does d- appeal directly to me. You're big-time Mikehead. So, uh, again, Fre- frequent co-collaborators. Uh, yeah. Listeners of the show, uh, please, I urge you, pause this show. Google Outcast, Killer Mike, Land of a Million Drums. Chuck it on. You'll have a great time. Hmm. You probably don't need to put Killer Mike in there. I mean, as far as typing goes, you can just... You could probably even just put in Land of a Million Drums. I'm not telling people how to use Google, Theo. Mm. But if you'd like to know how to use Google, mm-hmm. we will run extensive workshops just for you. First of all, one-on-one workshops. It doesn't uh, matter. Politely, <laughs> may I please listen to the song "Land of Billion Drums, Dr- Drums" by Outcast featuring Killer Mike? Thank you very much. We got a. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned this. I uh, got like a free uh, Google Home Mini from Google, they were like, thank you for being a treasured customer and also we would love to hear what you were talking about. We would love to spy on you. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I said, you know what? Fine. Welcome to my home, Google. Also, all of the other devices that you're probably listening to me on. Um, and uh, Google absolutely responds differently depending on how polite you are to it. Really? Which, yes. Yes. I mean, I've never um, heard the other option because I'm always exceedingly polite too. You were like, uh, okay, Google, can I please... Uh, no, you know what? Uh, I, 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 no, 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 actually, I'll do it. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean... It, it's, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then you walk out of the room and yep. then you lie down for a little while. But Google has inferred my query and brought up the Wikipedia page for um, all of the different star life cycles. Mm-hmm. And it's there waiting for me when I get back. It hmm. is. But, uh, but yes, it, it, it tells jokes. It does all of that shit. And if you say, um, Google, you're so funny. And it goes, I'm not funny. I'm hilarious. And you go, fuck off. <laughs> fucking <laughs> robot. Yeah. Robot. Mm. I mean, I do. Yeah. Pick up a Google home today. Use promo code Bunta Vista. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, so Tuvalu is floating, and that is great because mm-hmm. it means that, um, you know, if it's in our it's in our area, and we're copping flack over it, we can just get like a barge pole, and just kind of push it, push it out towards like one of the other countries. Yeah, out and then towards it can be Antarctica, a little bit cooler. Yeah, maybe you want to pack a jacket while you're out there. Hmm. Um, all going great, and you know. It's it's good that the Liberal Party can just rely on the science that they get from the one scientist they can find who says, eh, everything's fine. Hmm. That, that seems to generally be the deal for when it comes to climate science is that like most people are kind of on the same page. Yep. And then there's a couple that aren't. It's like, we'd better listen to these guys who are saying, let's not bother picking up our trash. Um, who's, who's this Peter Ridd guy, Theo? So What's Peter, his deal? Peter Ridd. Um, was actually, if you're, um, I think maybe some Australians will actually remember that um, this is a guy that claimed he was being uh, censored by JCU, the um, James Cook University up in Townsville. Oh, yeah. And actually successfully sued them recently um, for unfair dismissal. Um, It's all uh, very weird. Um, JCU claims they never actually... Um, made any claims for, for him to like, you know, shut the fuck up about his crank science or whatever. Um, it was all just like, hey, uh, maybe you can stop leaking all of our internal communications directly uh, to the Australian, please, uh, or else you'll be fired. Um, and then, yeah, he successfully sued them for $1.2 million. Um, it's all a very strange situation. But... Um, the conservative media love talking to this guy. Uh, they love talking to Dr. Peter Ridd because he thinks everything is is fine and that we're we're all just making a big deal out of uh, out of nothing at all. Um, Everything's fine and just shut up about it already. Yep. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw recently, but um, the uh, Reef Health 
has been recently um, downgraded by the GBR MPA uh, from poor to very poor, uh, with particular concern about runoff on onshore reef areas. But what he's done uh, is he's actually gone out um, to an area where um, there was recently a, a large kind of um, long-term comparison performed. And this is um, Stone Island, which is near Bowen, I believe. And they did, um, th- this previous scientific group did a bunch of comparisons um, with photos uh, available in the late 19th century to the present and gone, hey, all of this stuff has died. Uh, and that's not bad and we don't like that. Um, and maybe we should do something about that. But... Um, wouldn't you know, uh, the IPA got involved. Holy cow, there's some crows. Um, and uh, they've they've kicked in some money to say, hey, maybe it's not all so bad. Uh, and they've funded um, what the Australian describes as reef science outsiders, Peter Ridd and Jennifer Marahazy, to go and check it out. And, of course, we know the words reef science outsiders uh, to mean crank. There's a person uh, who is a crank. <laughs> And, and not a real person. Um, and what they've found is that uh, that's all bullshit because while, um, yeah, okay, look, all, all that cold's all that cold's dead. Um, it's been there for probably, um, you know, I think the reef age is about 10,000 years. Um, probably big, it's probably a big coincidence that uh, absolutely since the uh, Industrial Revolution, since the settling of Australia by, by you know, by Australians, our farming practices, etc., all this reef has died. But if you go 30 metres to the south of this, uh, there's actually some coral that's still alive. Oh, oh well. Well, uh, cool. Problem so, what's the big deal? So, know? what's the big... So, so they're over there looking at all the dead coal. Um, and if you imagine you're looking at a tree, right? Mm-hmm. And it's full of cherries. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, right? You want to pick that delicious cherry. And so they've they've done the natural thing. They've done a little bit of cherry picking. And they've said, look, <laughs> don't just avert your eyes, right? Like, I know you might be, like, calling the, uh, the police because you're being murdered right now. But all of your neighbors are alive. <laughs> and you also- might be dead, but they're still going. And hey, 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 just just have a cherry, you know? Just have, it, have, have this, this delicious, delicious cherry. <laughs> Enjoy this delicious <laughs> ripe cherry. I picked this cherry picked for it. you, and this cherry is perfect. Uh-huh. Why would you look at any other cherry? That's right. Or anything um, else that's not a cherry. Just look so, at this goddamn cherry. Over there, there's another cherry you can pick where there's uh, 100% coral cover stretching over 25 hectares. Uh, and what we saw was not consistent with the proposition that the inshore reefs have been destroyed by farm runoff. Um, and he said, uh, weirdly, the findings were at odds with those of Dr. Clark and her team, this being the, uh, the, previous, the previous study. Uh, lots of people around Bowen who get very angry when people say all their coral is wiped out. Uh, how would people in Sydney feel if everyone was saying that the water in Sydney Harbour had turned brown from pollution, the bridge well, was rusting scrap, and the opera house was a crumbling ruin? People in Sydney uh, can't feel because their dopamine receptors have all been destroyed by uh, abusing <laughs> recreational drugs that their yeah. parents pay for. That's right. And, and they all have to do them at home now because you're not allowed to go out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I also do believe the uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge to be rusting scrap as well. Well, um, also this, well, this right. makes They're me in go the like, of painting it. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I would love to go and drink a big glass of water from the Sydney Harbour. Mm. <laughs> slap, slap. <laughs> delicious. Well, Abs- um, absolutely delicious. I believe they call it the dumb bridge juice. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! Oh, so um, now Peter Ridd makes another appearance in this article. Uh, from the Australian entitled Reports of the Great Barrier Reef's Doom Are Exaggerated by Graham Lloyd, Environment Editor. Uh, Graham Lloyd also did this article. Oh, uh, good. Yep, and a bunch of the other ones. I'm glad that we don't have uh, mainstream propaganda outlets for the government in this country. It's mm-hmm. cool. Um, so, this was a whole thing that happened recently when Federal Environment Minister Susan Lay went to the Great Barrier Reef to inspect it up close. Oh, they love doing it, don't they? I love getting out my big magnifying glass mm-hmm. and looking closely at the ocean. Yep. 
and declaring things to be good or bad. Hey, nerd, what are you looking at in that microscope? Get yeah. out of the way. I'm going to have a look down your nerd vision. Looking down the nerd tube. <laughs> Don't at say a, at a larger version of some nerd stuff. Um, so, so she went down there and um, had, a, had a tour. Um, she had a bit so, of a sticky peek. So, um, on her first official visit to the Great Barrier Reef, Lay said she found it difficult to reconcile what she saw in the water with what had been said around the world. Um, when she snorkeled over two reefs off Cairns. The reef is not dead, was her appraisal. It is not dying. I would not even say it is on life support. Tourism operators want a very clear message that the reef is definitely not dead, that it is amazing and one of the true wonders of the world and is worth visiting. Having seen it for myself, I can certainly endorse that. That is a really clear message that I want people to hear. Now, maybe the operative part of this is... Tourism operators want me to send a very clear message. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if perhaps the very frequent reports that um, we are killing the Great Barrier Reef with coal mine runoff and and rising ocean temperatures um, is putting any people off going to see it. Mm. In which case, there's only one solution, and that is simply to tell people that it's not the case. Everything's Um, fine. Now, now there's the. This is our favourite part of any article written by a conservative outlet, and that is the single sentence um, that is that, that is thrown in a purely symbolic manner, um, just to symbolise the idea that you are, um, you know, hearing both sides as they love to do. You got to hear both sides. So here's this one little one little sentence dropped into the middle of this article. The results of first-hand observations from two snorkels may not meet the test of scientific rigor. Mm. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. But along the Queensland coast, there is a pushback that challenges the now familiar message of the reef's doom. A lecture tour by controversial marine scientist Peter Ridd. Hey. Controversial, as, as we said, controversial doing a nice placeholder for quack in that mm-hmm. one. Uh, a lecture tour by controversial marine scientist Peter Ridd has attracted hundreds of people and is only halfway through a program that stretches throughout the sugarcane centres from Bundaberg to Cairns. The tour has been promoted by the sugarcane and other agriculture industries that face the prospect of strict new regulations huh. yep. under a reef water quality bill before state parliament. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. So it's almost like you are describing to us in this same article... Uh, the very same capitalistic motivation that these people have for promoting tours that get people to come down and say, no, it's fine. Hmm. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry about looking at it. Don't worry about thinking about it too hard. Now, um, I've heard I've heard the gigantic humming monolith in the desert is turning people inside out. But what the gigantic humming monolith in the desert wants you to know <laughs> is that everything is fine. And for you to head over immediately. Everything is fine. Um, what I've heard is that when you get on the rocket and go to Titan, um, is that your body is is uh, consumed into a terrifying mass by a sightless beast. And that's wrong. Your body is actually safe in their hands. There are many millions of grasping hands. And yeah, what, what the Titan tourism industry wants you to know. <laughs> but you'd be being very generous. <laughs> <sighs> well, they do have nails, Ben. Oh, you can't so many deny nails. That. So, so many nails. Oh. Um, so, I similarly, Andrew, I did a quick search um, for the term Great Barrier Reef on the Australian, and I looked through one page, resu- one page of results before I absolutely lost my mind, and there was one article referring to the study where the reef health was downgraded. You know, this is the uh, mainstream scientific opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, backed by by peer review, backed by you know stuff that you can literally just go and look up in any uh, if you've got access to a university. Um, like if you're if you're a student or you want to talk to somebody at a university, uh, you can just go and uh, look at the body of evidence. So you can just go and look it up. Uh, you can go and search for it. You can see uh, who wrote it, where it's quoted, um, all of the data involved. Actually, read about it. But uh, what they would like you to know, though, um, outside of that one article, uh, is every single other article on there about uh, how it's bullshit or how it's hard for farmers to deal with the increased scrutiny uh, and possible laws that may come out of this. Um, and and it's almost as if they don't they don't give a single shit. Hmm. Hmm. That's hmm. just one man's take. Just one man's opinion. Hmm. 
Um, so, as as you um, alluded to, Theo, this is a thing that uh, different conservative politicians really love, which is you get a whole raft of um, scientific evidence from researchers, from universities, from like independent environmental bodies, and you say, yeah, I guess, but you know what would really seal this for me? Is if I get down there and have a gander. If I um, strap on me old looking goggles. If I have a little take sticky a peep at this down thing. there. Yeah. Um, Pauline Hanson, fl- uh, One Nation's Pauline Hanson. Pauline Hanson's One Nation's Pauline Hanson mm-hmm. um, got in a plane and flew over it and said, looks fine. It looks fine to me, she said. Um, she would know. Yeah. Yeah. And wh- what, what can you honestly not tell? that a whole bunch of uh, specific scientific research can tell uh, by just sort of flying over something at like 10,000 feet and just having a little glance out the window. Well, I mean, it certainly wouldn't just be, you know, corroborating your own uh, internal biases. No. And, all, and you know, like how how is all of the all these words on paper, you know, how are they supposed to discount what I have seen with my own eyes, which is that uh, there is an ocean and there is some stuff in that ocean. If I can't believe my own eyes, what can I believe? Uh, the voices that call you to Titan. Mm, it's true. You can and should believe them. So uh, get on the rocket, go to Titan. So many different pitches at once. So many different from voices. From a million throats. <laughs> all all speaking as one. Mm-hmm. And it's not terrifying, and you should go there. Go to Titan. Go to Titan. Just get on the rocket. Come get on. Get on the rocket. Um, the evidence from Peter Ridd suggests that you should get on the rocket and go to Titan. True. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm loving... I'm loving all of the, hey, I, I just, I went and had a peep, and that's kind of enough. That'll do. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you be, you know? Um, so, you know, luckily, if the state government can't be trusted to sort it out, the federal government will be all over it. Um, and David Littleproud, the National Disasters Minister, uh, is on the case. Uh, he took a question last week from The Guardian... In which he was asked, uh, this is the question, parts of Queensland that are not expected to burn are now burning. The overall fire uh, fire danger index has increased for most of southern Australia over the past 40 years, and the Bushfire and Natural Hazards Cooperative Research Centre says the trend is expected to continue. It says the frequency of really bad fire days, like those on Ash Wednesday or Black Saturday, will increase. It says we need to prepare for that. Given that expert advice, why step around the human contribution to climate change, as the minister did yesterday on the ABC, by arguing whether climate change is man-made or not is irrelevant? Now, he gave an answer, and the answer was, I don't know if climate change is man-made. I'm about practical outcomes. Mm, I'm about doing, not thinking. Whether that's about having a cleaner environment or giving farmers and emergency services the right tools to adapt. To adapt to what? Hey, <laughs> let's not, let's not say, get huh? into that. I'm responsible for making sure we have the tools we need to adapt to a changing climate. I wonder in which way it's changing. Hmm. So, he was very, very uh, widely pilloried for this. There were front page, uh, front page articles of, hey, the National Disasters... Minister who sorry, was in sorry, charge. Sorry, hang on. Sorry, I'm going to pull you up there. I wrote down the National Disasters Minister um, um, in the in the notes because my brain um, had mm-hmm. been struck on the head by a large mallet as it fell. What um, is it actually? What's his it, actual It's actually title? the Minister for Water Resources. That it's on. That but is the, on me. Doesn't he have I, like multiple titles? Uh, he is. Uh, he used to be the Minister for Agriculture and Water Resources. Uh, he is now the Minister for Water Resources. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Um, so, widely pilloried for this, uh, front page articles in, in all saying, hey, this guy uh, just straight up doesn't believe that climate change is man-made. And he has, he has now been talking to newspapers and stuff and saying, whoa, 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 that was all taken out of context. And it was the result of an interrupted exchange where somebody cut me off. And that's fine to say except for the fact that this exchange took place via email. He was emailed the question. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he was immediately hit by a large car that <laughs> travelled through one wall of his house, <laughs> out the other, carrying him. And he hit send. from his computer. 
as the car hit him. Just flying through the air. So, um, so yeah, yeah it's good can't that... recall emails there. Once they're out there. So, it's very good that we are definitely at the point now where, um, like, I hate to do the whole waxing nostalgic for governments of the past and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like even in the days of dog shit governments like um, John Howard's, that they did a whole bunch of terrible shit, right? They they took us to Iraq. They had the Australian wheat board scandal. They just had all kinds of stuff. But even then, there was kind of this line where, like, they would lie and cheat and all that sort of stuff. But if you got caught flat out, like, if you, if you got caught just extremely telling a lie, a bald face, extremely disprovable lie, um, you know, to the media or whatever, and were just caught totally flat out, that you would, at the very least, have to say, oh, I fucked this up and I apologize. Um, and at the most, you would have to resign. Like, if you if you made a big enough fool of yourself and the government that they would say, you know what, this is really embarrassing for us and we've just got to cut our losses here. Get the fuck out. Um, but that's that just doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist just, anymore. Just lie about the smallest stuff. Yeah, just, and it, and it really like is kind of a lie. yeah. If you just lie about absolutely everything at all times, then it's fine. That's everybody's just used to it. Mm-hmm. And We're all worn out. We're all just yep. Clearly, we've all just kind of accepted it. I mean, it's very similar. I know this is some extremely like lib sounding shit to say, but mm. um. But, like, it's it's very similar to the US where, like, it's just moved so far past the point of all of those normal, the, the normal pretend institutions of government. Your precious my, norms. Ow, my norms. Um, <laughs> right in my norms. But, like, just, just the shit, like, Donald Trump over the last, uh, you know, week or two with the hurricane stuff. Oh, that's it was just been like, fucking amazing. Hey, I said something wrong about this thing. And instead of just saying, oh, I guess I was given some incorrect information. Like, that, he, could, he could have just done that. He could have just said, oh, one of my aides um, told me that a, a list of places, including Alabama, and it turns out that Alabama was not at risk. I have fired this, this loser. Um, I've pointed at him and I've said, you're fired like my TV show. And people would love it. They would eat it up. Um, but instead, he had to say, no, I was not wrong. And that was, that was you know, the, the actual advice. And then you could see day after day, uh, every single forecast that they gave did not include Alabama being in the path of that thing. And instead, he's like, no, I'm just going to stick with this. And it really does seem to be a matter of, well, as long as you just keep doing the lie for several days, everyone just kind of gets bored of it. Or it is replaced by the next thing. And we've all we've all accepted it, and it's fine now. And that's why I'm moving to Titan. you got to get to Titan. There are no lies on Titan. You will come to accept a universal right. type of truth on Titan. That's right. Hmm. So, yeah, um, cool that you can just have front page articles now of you being caught out in bald-faced lies. And, you know, the Prime Minister doesn't even say, oh, that was a bit shit. Maybe, maybe Davy should apply for, uh, you know, make a little apologize for that one. Hey, what, what would, I feel like Scott Morrison would have to have a nickname for him, but it is, his last name is a little proud. So it's going to be a bit hard to. Proudo. Proud, I reckon Proudo, Proudo should. Lee Pro. Hmm. <laughs> Why pry? Um, so, you know, that's all great news. Uh, and of course, Labor's doing fuck all to oppose any of this stuff because apparently their whole deal is just to say um, hey we agree with the government about everything and that's mm. bad except, we, except when we disagree but we're a minority so we can't do anything and we can't possibly vote against it yeah I'm afraid I do not understand that logic of oh well if, um, if something's going to get passed anyway then voting against it is just like a virtue signaling stunt. Well see Andrew where you're mistaken is there's actually a big tank out the back of uh, the Labour headquarters. It's a big big uh, like steel tank and it's full of their opposition juice and if they waste their opposition juice on useless stuff that would show 
you know, that, that they actually cared or believed in climate science or, mm. uh, you know, in opposing the government on ridiculous tax cuts for the rich or um, for not treating poor people like shit, then the opposition tank would be, it'd be empty and then they wouldn't have any to, to use for stuff that actually matters, which we're still waiting to find out. Still what trying to figure is. out what it is. But when <laughs> it comes, it's going to be good and you're going to care. When it comes, we are all. Vote for them. When it comes, we are all going to be copying a full force blast We're from the opposition be juice absolutely tank. Absolutely drenched from head to toe in stinky opposition juice. Yeah, uh, truly pathetic stuff, mm-hmm. and um, you hate to see it because, yeah, it's also kind of been the whole thing of everything that comes up. Uh, the Labor Party says, "Boy, this is totally fucked, and we should mm-hmm. oppose this." And then Anthony Albanese says. Ah, I'm exercising my authority over the party room by saying no one can say anything mean mm. about the liberals because um, the public are just, they're just sick of arguments. Yep. So, so Terry Butler we- came, came and she said, hey, this is really dumb of David Littleproud to, to say. Uh, and the Guardian said, well, uh, would you support uh, something from the crossbench for a climate emergency? And said, well... That's actually up to the government to decide. Who's to say whether we'll support it? The government has to do that. Uh, And they press them again to say, uh, will you be voting for the motion? Well, that's up to the government. Uh, It's basically up up to to the the government government? to do do this. Um, So they literally, they can't even say whether they would vote for something in a perfectly... Uh, like hypothetical scenario where it's put up uh, because they can't imagine anything that's not seen through the lens of um, the government refusing to do something. Well, I think there's there's two there's two lights through which you can look at this, and one is one is that they I think they they don't want to come out and say publicly in every single uh, article and every single interview in which they're asked about this, but they don't want to say publicly that, well, they don't want to support something if the crossbench puts it up because then it will be seen as, as like the Greens or independents driving change. And I- even if they're supporting it because it's the right thing to do, there yeah. will still be an article in the paper that says the Greens are being leaders on this issue and yes. Labor can't have that because... They would hate that. Because the Greens are, are awful awful um, leftist vampires stealing their precious votes which are owed to them despite them not actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other angle I think to look at it from is that, um, yeah, they can't... That just this whole thing of being unable to, to say, oh, yes, we, we will or won't do this thing. They, like you said, they can't even say, yeah, hypothetically, we would vote in favour of or against this thing. Um, because it's like the only lens through which they can look at things is um, will the Greens get some credit for it and also um, how exactly will this play with voters? Will this win us some votes away from the right wing or should we agree with the right wing under this absolutely absurd premise that if we agree with them enough, somehow a bunch of their voters will say, oh, these guys seem agreeable. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'll vote for them now instead of the party whose um, abhorrent policies I actually agree with. Yeah, you're right, though, in that like they, they just can't picture something that comes out of the Greens that's that's good that they wouldn't have immediately. And we saw, um, you know, Murray Watt, senator for um, <clears throat> for ALP. Uh, so Larissa Waters put out a put out a statement on Twitter um, as the you know the. Uh, fires in Queensland were were raging, uh, basically calling for calling for action. As you know, is a sane thing to do. Uh, he replies, uh, Larissa, right now people's homes are burning and others are risking their lives to put out dangerous fires. You're not alone in thinking about climate change, but is now really the time to be making political mileage? Yes, like, yes, absolutely. Like what? Are you are you going to wait for the fires to go out? Because I, I think I've got I've got some bad news uh, for you as to uh, whether the fires are going to go out or not. And I hate to I hate to say it because Murray Watt generally seems like he's an okay guy, mm-hmm. but um but he is one thousand percent making the American right wing's oh, anti gun abs- control argument. Absolutely. Look, we just in need which to there's wait a horrible massacre. Shell to to hit the ground before we can do something about it. 
Yeah, wow. All of the um all of the kindergarten aged victims of this mass shooting haven't even been buried yet and you want to talk about how maybe we should not have all these assault mm. rifles? Political mileage much? Yeah, I would much prefer that you waited until the thing had just kind of stopped and everyone had stopped thinking about it and then we can all go back to not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that would be much preferable to me. Yep. Um I think it's safe to say we're not going to uh, stop talking about it. Um, this is going to keep going on. Um, I did want to just um, make um, the obvious, very obvious, that there is a bunch of climate um, strikes occurring, um, many of them through the school strike for climate. Um, Probably good on your kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, on, on September 20th, you probably know all about this um, already, but if you don't, um, in Adelaide, please get to Victoria Square uh, at 12 p.m. Brisbane Queen's Garden at uh, 12:30 p.m. Uh, Glebe Park at 12 at Canberra. Um, Parliament Lawns um, in Hobart at 12. Treasury Lawns in Melbourne at two. Uh, Forest Place in Perth at 11. Or Sydney at the Domain at 12 p.m. Um, there's also obviously lots and lots of little ones going uh, going up around the place regionally. Um, so if you can. Please look up your local one. Go to that. Um, I mean, the least you can do is be seen. I uh, I managed to bully the pedestrian group CEO into giving everyone the afternoon off to go to the protests. Uh, so if you have a very easily malleable uh, CEO who is on Slack as well, try bullying your CEO huh. by calling him a big corporate bitch uh, <laughs> until he says, Fine! Uh, so give that a bash. Otherwise, just walk out. Hmm. What are they going to do? Fire you? Maybe. I don't God, know your I boss. I hope so. The hope dream. boss isn't enough of a prick to do that. Um, yes, folks, you hate to see it because it turns out that these politicians really are a bunch of clowns. Damn, got him. And on that basis, I, I will. we will leave you with some slightly lighter news. We're doing the classic... Uh, six o'clock news thing where it's 27 minutes of murders and break-ins and like we talked about war and famine all all fucking night but on a um, lighter note uh this squirrel can water ski mm-hmm. it's from this the movie thinks it's a Anchorman kid. everybody remember the film Anchorman uh he threw a trident maybe I don't know I'm gonna need some more information can you describe it to me in a bit more detail um, try, I'm trying to think of all the iconic lines. Hey, toilet store. Hmm. Yep. And that's the film Anchorman. Love it. Mm-hmm. So, um, here's an article from New Zealand, the home of very important news. Um, a Kiwi ad man has chosen an unusual support person to accompany him to a redundancy meeting. In lieu of the usual suspects of a friend, colleague, or family member, This member of the creative team at FCB hired a professional clown to attend the meeting with him. Which I just want to say is a very powerful move. This is extremely good to me. (laughs) An image sent to the Herald overnight shows the staffer sitting alongside his support clown while he talks to the individuals running the meeting. The Herald understands that the clown blew up balloons and folded them into a series of animals throughout the meeting. Oh, man. (laughs) So good. It is is further understood that the clown mimed crying when the redundancy paperwork was handed over to the staffer. (laughs) (sighs) 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 Truly wonderful. Truly wonderful. The latest restructure at FCB follows on from job cuts at the agency after the loss of the Vodafone ad account. I like that this is New Zealand news. It's like... Everybody hear about um, FCB losing the big Vodafone account? Um, Here's the the twist. Here's the twist at the end of this story. You ready? It's understood that the staffer has, however, landed on his feet since his odd meeting at FCB, getting a new job at DDB along with his creative partner, not the clown. (laughs) They, They do specify that his creative partner is not the clown. They are set to start their roles next week upon returning from their birth country... Australia. Oh, there it is. So it was a bloody Australian the whole time. Nation of shit posters. Mm. Nation of shit posters taking their professional support clowns. Well, they were right to, to fire meetings. him. 
they were right to fire him and he was right to hire a clown and take the clown with him to the meeting. That's what I think. So that's it, folks. That's all we have time for this week. Um, sorry for all the depressing news about um, uh, uh, country burning and uh, the reef dying and nobody being interested in doing anything about it. But uh, hey, what are you going to do? Hmm. Got to talk about I, these things I'm sometimes. Sorry, uh, I'm sorry for the crows that are just constantly screaming outside my it's window. It's like an I'm ominous call of a portent of doom, mm. almost. Yep. Mm. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to walk out immediately after this and get as close to them as I can and just scream at them until uh, my eyes fill up with blood, like <laughs> Joe Biden. Cool. I don't respect them. <laughs> You're just going to go out there and give those crows a real talking to, a real serve. Are you going to uh, refer to <laughs> one of them as President My Boss or another <laughs> oh one as God. President Bernie Sanders? <laughs> that clip... That clip of Joe Biden giving that speech where he's talking about the he's talking about the six years he spent as vice president under Barack Obama. And in the middle of talking, he says, uh, when when this thing happened, president. My boss, <laughs> you can hear the gears oh, no. in his brain. I didn't even know about that one. Oh, oh you so can good. hear the gears in his brain grind to a halt as he is unable to recall the name of the last president. His boss of six years. His boss of six years um, that he worked with every day and he doesn't know his name well enough to say it into a microphone. The fucking the clip of him calling Bernie president was like <laughs> just the look on Bernie's face oh. in that clip is the best thing in the world. Where he just looks like someone has just told him that they've run out of his favorite soup. Oh, <laughs> and he does have a favorite soup. <laughs> oh. Guarantee that. And it's a chowder. <laughs> oh, good lord. Well. That's it for us, folks. Um, as always, if you enjoy the show and you would like to support us, and maybe even if you would like an extra bonus episode every week for only $5 a month, you can pop on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista and uh, sign up. And we would love that. We'd love to see you again. Please come back. Yeah. So until next week, bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.